as I said, comics is not a genre, it's, it's a field, so anything's possible. Welcome back to Creative Spaces. My name is Kevin Knight. I run a website called eatgeekplay.com. Every couple of weeks, I sit down with a different creative person, a writer, a director, an artist, and we talk about their productivity, their inspiration, their creativity, and how they stay focused on what they do. During San Diego Comic-Con, I got the chance to sit down with Guy Delcor. Now, Guy owns and runs Delcor, the comic book publishing company in France, and the guy is amazing and it was great to sit down and talk to him for 30 minutes about creativity and, and get a different perspective on the publishing side of things. Now, if you're not familiar with Delcor Comics, go over to comicsology.com. They just started translating a lot of the Delcor books into English. I've really been enjoying Call of the Windigo. It's a great book. Um, Charlie Allred does the artwork on it. It's fantastic, really. Um, Iron Squad cannot talk enough about that book in Husk just these these books are really inventive and beautiful so please go check them out on comicsology.com i'd love to hear what you think about this episode because i want to do more reach out to more comic book publishers and maybe some people who run record labels and talk to them about productivity and inspiration because it's important in every field just hit me up on twitter it's just at eat geek play and uh you know here's this week's episode well my name is guy delco i'm a french publisher i've created my company 29 years ago and we are the second la largest uh, comic book company in France and the, the biggest independent publisher and we do a huge variety of comics, manga, American comics in French and French created material. What was the first book you ever published? first book I ever published was a humor book about two boys growing up in the western part of France and those stories were published in Pilotes, which was a great magazine, which I happened to run for a year. What is it that, that made you want to go into public, comic book publishing to begin with? Well, two things. First of all, I've been a comics fan of my life. When, when I was a teenager, I was an avid collector, um, and that never left me. And then I had a business school uh, education. All of that strangely led, led me to spending a year and a half in Los Angeles in a bank, but doing mainly uh, work as a journalist on the side. Oh, really? And that, in, back to France, that led me to, to contributing to magazines and then being a, being a publisher. So how did you make the, that transition for that, from being a journalist into being a publisher? Well, uh, as I said, I worked as, a, as an editor-in-chief of a comics magazine. Oh, okay. So that was a journalist job, but it was also an editorial job, you know, choosing comics, working with creators, etc. So when, when they fired me after a year, I said, well, what, what, what do I want to do? Do I want to go back as being a, a journalist uh, or do I want to, to do something else? And really, uh, I wanted to publish books. But for two years, I couldn't live out of it, so I kept writing. Oh, really? So what was that? What, what was it that that drove you though to to go into publishing and continue publishing once you put out your first book? Well, I guess curiosity. Um, really? I, yeah. I, I, as a child and as a teenager, I loved all kinds of comics, and I I felt it was still a young field. Uh, I realized recently that when I when I was sixteen or seventeen, and I met all those great European creators, they were all alive. 
you know, even the founding fathers, in a way, were, were still alive. Yeah. So that's how young a field it, it, it was. And I, and I followed it, you know, in the 60s, 70s, how um, suddenly it was not just about children's comics, but also for a more mature audience, whether it was about sex comics or political comics or uh, more personal stories like uh, Corto Maltese and stuff. So I, I enjoyed that so much that I just wanted to be part of it again. Did you have a vision always for, for your company, like like as where it was going, or was it just you were just publishing stuff yeah, that you enjoyed? I, had, I must say I had no clear vision of where it was going. I just enjoyed the trip, really. Right. I enjoyed meeting new creators, young creators, because I, when I started, of course, no established creator needed me. So and out of curiosity, perhaps out of pride too, I did, decided to work with young people. So I went to uh, art schools, you know, and found quite a few very talented boys and girls. And I, st I, I worked with them, and uh, my choices were not wrong. I mean, they, they proved to be, to be very valu valuable creators. What was that moment where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm really doing this right. Like, something's connecting. Ah. I, I, I can make a career out of this. Well, I think a turning point was when I went to international book, comic book fairs. Mm -hmm. After two or three years, in, whether it was in Barcelona, in Spain, I remember that, or, or in Frankfurt, uh, or in San Diego, actually, because I, I've been here many times, uh, I, I, you know, I realized that people looked at what I was doing and, and thought it was, it was something you know, of, of a certain value, at least. And that helped gaining confidence. I cannot put a date on that, but I, I think after... Hmm, it probably been about six, seven years after really? I started. Yeah, I didn't expect the company to, to last that long anyway. So <laughs> after six, <laughs> so or seven still shocks, years, you kinda... we we had a few successes. Uh, I gained confidence, and I realized, hey, uh, that's that's worth it. And and for tenth anniversary, the Angoulême Comic Book Festival did an exhibition on our books yeah and so perhaps that was a key moment i said well you know, it's not so bad <laughs> i tend to be always first of all to be full of doubts and then to, to only look ahead in the future that was going to be that uh, so was going to be my that, next question is is as a publisher do you feel like you always have to be looking ahead and not still do yeah yeah it's a very i think even now it's even more uh, a changing world than before yeah. That, uh, whether it's the way comics are published, uh, printed, or sold in a digital form, um, the tastes of the, the public are changing. It's a good thing, but it, it, the, the, the level of unpredictability has certainly risen. Yeah. So it keeps us really on our, on our toes. What What's your day like? What What How does How does your day start? And what, do oh, you, what do you do? It's It's. I don't think that two days alike really. Um, I have the typical day is I have 20 editors working wow. under my authority. Some of them in-house, some of them are freelance. And so they will send projects to me. I encourage them to send me only projects I like very much so that we are selective enough. So I will have to look at a few projects and say yes or no. Basically, that's at least one or two each, each day like that. And I, I enjoy that, of course, that process of of trying to assess the, the value of, of a project and sometimes being right, sometimes being wrong. Uh, there's a lot of management involved, of, co of, of course, and meetings and deciding about marketing strategy, deciding about uh, sales objectives, stuff like that. 
And also I'm trying to meet a lot of people. I'm trying to meet people outside of my field, people in, in the digital industry, the non-publishing digital industry, people in, in all, all kinds of sources. I, I, I met, for instance, with the, uh, the person who, uh, who is the head of the Chateau of Versailles. Really? You know, yes, and, and sometimes I, I found in my life that ideas for comics can come from any source. For instance, I crossed, I, I, did, I did comics based on songs, like Bob Dylan's songs. And so doing a comic book about the Chateau of Versailles could be a good idea, actually. Yeah. So we need constantly to be, um, to be in, in contact with other cultures, with other people, you know, outside of our own fields. For, from what I understand, like the volume of comic books sold overseas versus over here, you know, it's it's kind of that the numbers are completely lopsided. Oh no, Let, let's let's uh, not fantasize about uh, the French market. What is true in France is that comics are everywhere. Yeah, there are a lot of bookshops, you know, and even in general bookstores you will find comics. Even in supermarkets, even in uh, railway station uh, stores, you will find. It's comics. more socially acceptable. Yes, it's more socially acceptable. It's more embedded in our general culture probably than it is in the States. But this being said, we're a much smaller country. Yeah. So the, the size of the comic market itself in France is not bigger than in the US because there are six times as many inhabitants in the US as in France. So yeah. it makes up for it. Has there ever been a project that you've worked on where you thought, like, you, you put your heart and soul into getting this to, to, to come out and it just doesn't, it didn't connect? A lot. How does that, uh, how does... It, How do you handle the shows? Like it's it's kind of normal in a way because uh, it's very so, you have to have so many factors to be successful. Yeah. Uh, somebody said in publishing failure uh, is what happened in general, and uh, success is the exception, and, and that's true. Uh, of course, fortunately, we have uh, we have had so much success with other projects. For instance, we have the publisher of The Walking Dead in France, and it's mm -hmm. absolutely huge. It's a number one oh, yeah. adult series in France. All, all series combined, you know, French or yeah. manga, whatever. It's number, the Walking Dead is number one. And I'll be honest, at the beginning, I thought it would be, you know, a nice, maybe a nice little success, but not at that level. So we're in a business, I was talking before about unpredictability. So there is still a lot of that. Like you said, you always have to think ahead. So are, are you personally going out and still and finding new talent or are you at the point where you just have to rely on other people for it? I do that. Um, I'm, I'm trying basically to work as a, as a team member with the publishers, uh, with the editors, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of new to me uh, for the last few years because before I, was, yeah, before I was much more alone in the forefront and it was exhilarating and very tiring because of course relationships with creators are demanding. Uh, but now um, I'm helping, uh, so I, I find it rewarding also. For instance, I was in New York and I met with one of our um, best female artists, Penelope Bagieux, who mm -hmm. is French but who lives in New York now, and she, she's among the, um, the creators who have a book being released with Comixology now. Speaking of Comixology, how do you feel about the digital market? Well, I'm very glad to be working on digital comics in the U.S. because the digi for digital comics, the U.S. market is great. The French market is very Not small. Really? Like I said before, we have such a great network of bookshops that there's less need for digital editions. You can find comics very easily. Yeah. That's not the same in the U.S. 
And so coming in the US for digital books is like, you know, for me taking a step into the future, really. Yeah. So it's it's a great way to 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 get used to what's you know to what will come anyway, which means I think comics being sold both in print and digitally. I don't see the end of print coming, at least perhaps not in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, and I, I can see all the advantages of digital comics: the, the flexibility, the immediacy, uh, the fact that you can gather a lot of data, that you can promote them very much more efficiently, etc., etc. And, and comicsology has been so helpful that uh, it's very rewarding for me at, the, at this at this point. Did you ever think we get to this point with comic books, though, where digital? If you on? had asked me that for four years ago, I would have said, "Are you kidding?" So really? yeah, yeah, it's a hard to say that. Yeah, uh, there seems to be a, an attachment to paper, and we think it's you know forever. It's not true for a lot of people. For a lot of people, I think the question is really that comics take too much space. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly why I switched. So I was tired of moving. When you yeah, move nine and times even for me, now years. I realize I have all the books I've published, thousands in my home. When you when you see how much it costs in terms of square meters, you know, in Paris, you say, well, maybe I should <laughs> <laughs> I should see things differently and use more digital comics. And I think it's it's, it's a good way of having a sound relationship also yeah. with, with comics. I'm sure some of them I'll still want to have on paper, and some of them I'll just read, read on uh, digital. Do, I mean, do you think that way, where you've, you've, you were like, well, maybe this would be better digital, where you can release things digitally, versus print? I still think in print, because I guess in France, digi digital market is only 1% of our sales. Yeah. So right now, you cannot afford to think digitally first. Yeah. But I'm glad to be doing that here, more, more or less, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to be able to take that into the equation. Yeah. And the question is to find the good, the good rhythm. It's in some cases it's it's not useful to go too fast either. Yeah. And a lot of creators are, are concerned. Some of them don't want their books to be to be released digitally, you know. Uh, so there are a lot of psychology involved also. Yeah. So yeah, you, you have to, to, to find the right pace. Being the publisher, obviously you have to deal with artists and writers all the time. You, yes. What is the best advice you can give to an artist or, or, or a writer in terms of, of dealing with your publisher? I'm not sure it's for me to say. But it's an interesting question. Because <laughs> I always ask, uh, my thing is, what, what's the best advice somebody's given an artist uh -huh. or a writer? What's the best advice you can give to an artist and a writer? Do they feel that their project fits well into the publishing policy of, of the company they're talking to? That's the main thing for me. After that, contracts, it's important, you know, terms, but it's, it's, it, it evolves with time. So even if you don't have the con at first the conditions you hoped for, if you are successful, if it will come. But do you, are you in the center of the strategy of the publisher, or are you off-center? And to me, if you're off-center, you shouldn't go there. Yeah. So just, just, yeah, just make sure you have a, yeah, a good connection. How do you, how are you dealing? With, how do you deal with like you know editorial decisions and and stuff that when people turn you know turn in projects and well. As I said, we have editors who work closely with them, and uh, for a new project, they will make a presentation. And since we are a privately owned company, privately owned by me, <laughs> and I'm still very much involved in the publishing policy of the company, I will have the final say. 
Yeah. Say yes or no. That's as simple as it gets. Uh, usually I will say yes because they are quite convincing, but sometimes I will say no. Uh, and then I, I make sure I'm, you know, I'm involved in the key uh, moments of the creation. Yeah. Uh, of course, the initial moments where we might want some changes to be made for the cover also. For you know, some at some point to to be to be connected with what we're releasing, and I, I read every new book we're releasing. So after that, I get give them comments to see. Usually, it's a series. So I say, well, for volume one, this and this was very good, but this this or that was not not as you know, as yeah. good. And so let's improve on it. So you've been doing this. You said twenty nine years. Twenty nine years. Yes. How do you stay inspired? Uh, twenty nine years. That's a long time. You're doing the same I thing. I think so. It seemed like, like, like yesterday to me. I, and does it's it not, really? It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in San Diego when it was still at the El Cortez Hotel. Mm -hmm. So it was nineteen eighty one, I think. My yeah. first San Diego. I've been here fifteen times. So well, it's it's a changing world. So anyway, uh, you're not. I'm not doing the same work over and over not at all because yeah. everything changes so it's a very competitive market again um, readers tastes change all the time um, and, and I love to, to, to find new new approaches to comics I love to to have to have or to contribute to, or to be given new ideas and it's, it's such an open field now we do books geared towards women, for instance, which was not the case 30 years ago. Yeah. We do non-fiction comic books. We do uh, books, as I said, based on music or, or based on paintings or literature or stuff like that. So comics is really such a, 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 a flexible matter that it really depends on us, on, on what we want to do, you know? Yeah. So is that how you stay inspired then? It's just uh, being staying, able to push, yes. do, I, I, doing different Staying on edge would be more like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and staying inspired, yeah, because I said, if I want to meet people and bring people to comics, scientists. I, I talked to Francis Foremost, a uh, mathematician, for instance, saying, wow. oh, we should do a book together. Um, he did a book, but not with me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and it's successful. I'm happy for him. Uh, you, you see, comics, it's, it's, as I said, comics is not a genre. It's it's a field, yeah. So anything's possible. Great. What's the best advice somebody has given you? Be, uh, somebody told me to build a publishing catalog. The first step is thirty years. Wow. Yeah, that's how long term you should be. You're I'm, almost I'm there. I'm reaching yeah, almost there. So first step. So what's next? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm uh, eager to discover it. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Go over to comicsology.com, check out the Delcor books, and I cannot tell you how much I really enjoy Curse of the Wendigo. Also, Iron Skies, just such a good book. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are just Eat Geek Play. Make sure you tell your friends about this podcast, please. I'm not going to ask you for money. I'm just going to ask you for a moment of your time. Go over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is that you downloaded this podcast and leave a comment. Say, hey, this podcast is great. You should check it out. Not only does it make me happy, but it lets people know that this podcast is worth listening to. And I wouldn't put the time and effort into it if I didn't think it was worth it. Until next time, stay creative.